Hello and welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. And today we're talking about Old, which is M. Night Shyamalan's new film. Uh, which I had only half realised, and you mentioned, oh, it's Shyamalan, we should see it. Yes, let's do. Uh, last film we saw of his was Glass, yes. I think, which was the um, conclusion of the Split trilogy. Mm. And he's a filmmaker who, over the years, has had ups and downs. He started off with an amazing movie, The Sixth Sense. It's still mm. just brilliant. And over his subsequent three or four films, his status rather dropped. Well, wasn't it The Village or something like that? The Village was the one that think people that. really thought that sucks. And I actually rather like The Village, although mm. I did come to it later than everyone else. So, mm. I don't, you know, the spectator sees more of the game sort of thing. Like, mm. I was outside the hype and all of that. Um, but, yeah, he's had... I think The Lady in the Water was the one where people thought, oh, that's really at the bottom. I haven't seen that. This, I think, is one of his most entertaining films. I liked I it. I had rather a good time. Uh, you know what? It reminded me... Of a 1970s auteur exploitation film. <laughs> yeah. You know, because it was full... I mean, I thought visually it was endlessly interesting. Mm. Yeah, kind of, you know, the compositions, the way that, like, sometimes you only saw half a person's face and, you know, the right side of the screen or something. Yeah, like, you know, I thought it was wonderful. And it created this kind of eerie atmosphere where you never quite knew... Yeah, what was happening, what mm. was going on, that you know, that something poisonous or supernatural, yeah, yeah. It, it was was happening. I thought he created that atmosphere really beautifully, right? So but it but it did remind me of one of those seventies films. What it reminded me of in the end was a Twilight Zone episode, you know, in its kind of simplicity. And I think its simplicity is one of its key features because sometimes Shyamalan can Overcomplicate or overclutter his films. Mm. I feel um, this isn't one that does that, uh, and it has costs maybe as well as benefits. But let's talk about what it's about first, and what yeah. I'll say a very spoiler-free version because it's a film that, as you can expect with M. Night Shyamalan, has revelations and things mm. that I don't want to spoil necessarily. Although ultimately we are going to. So without spoilers, it's about a family played by Gal Garcia Bernal as the dad, Vicky Creeps as the mum, and we last saw her, and probably first saw her in Phantom Thread. Yeah, which was wonderful. And a couple of kids. Uh, And they go to what appears to be a very nice resort on some lovely, beautiful, exotic island somewhere, the kind of place that upper-middle-class people get to go on holiday to relax. Mm. And there's talk in the car, there's clearly something kind of uncomfortable in the family, that this is like the last holiday before something is going to happen Mm. that the parents know about and the kids don't. Um, So they're treating them. And they're also treated very, very, very well by the hotel management. As soon as they get off their minibus they're, they're greeted by the manager and they're given these cocktails based on their profiles of what they said they like online and so on and then they're invited again by the manager to this kind of secluded private beach it's very isolated no one can see you there we don't offer this to just anyone but I like you and so they go to this private beach and when they get there there are other families there and they realise this isn't quite what they were sold mm. and in short Weird stuff starts to happen. They have weird experiences there. And it borders on horror, but it never really becomes horror. It's more of a thriller. That's what I'll say with no spoilers, right? That's the premise that's most basic. What I'll say with minor spoilers is that time behaves weirdly on this beach. Well, I think we can say it as the title of the film. Well, I don't know that... I mean, the title of the film... Maybe. I don't know, really. I didn't see... I didn't know what was going to happen. Okay, I didn't know what was going to happen either, but... 
you know, I've now seen the poster. And, you know, so the poster shows a character with one leg that is normal and then one leg that is a skeleton. And it's called Old. Right. So. Okay, well, let's say... (laughs) Let's say we're in full spoiler territory here now. So if you haven't seen it and you're going to see it, switch off the podcast at this point and go see it. It's worth it. Um, with full spoiler territory, people age very quickly on this beach. Yes. And actually, when it gets to the kind of maths segment, they work out that every hour they're on the beach, they age two years. So over the course of a 24-hour day, they'd age 50 years or so. Yeah. And you see this happening kind of leaps at points. You know, So there are a couple of times where characters black out uh, when they try to escape. And they wake up clearly a little while later, and the kids in particular have aged quite a bit. Yes. They've aged six or seven years. I thought my problem with the film was that I thought it really created this wonderful, eerie atmosphere, mm. but that each of the revelations could have been handled to greater effect. Yeah. You know, that it wasn't scary enough, or it wasn't dazzling enough, or it mm. wasn't surprising enough. I do know what you mean, but I liked that actually I was just constantly engrossed. Mm. I was constantly interested in what would happen next. I mean, I, I do know what you mean that, like, for instance, the first kind of real indication that something is very wrong on this beach is when the sun is playing in the kind of pool area and a dead body floats up next mm. to him. Uh, and you see it come from around the back and it's handled gradually and so on. And it kind of, there's a scream, but it's not a shock moment or anything. Mm. It actually uses that same thing later when they come across another dead body. Mm in the sea um, and you're right these things aren't too shocking but I do think that everything in the film is done for effect and I think that actually what I mean by that is that nothing has any depth which again is maybe really what makes me think of the Twilight Zone because the Twilight mm. Zone is a small idea played over what was the Twilight Zone in a 45 minute show maybe makes you think about one particular idea it was you know speculative fiction and so on and this maybe does that a little bit but actually you really get the feeling with this or at least I get the feeling with this that it's not preoccupied with self-seriousness and making you ask big questions it could but for instance the film I would go to for that is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button Mm. which was about this character that ages backwards and really felt like it was trying to be important and Mm. this has none of that and it's much much better for it because that film was so ponderous this film is about the effect. Well, this is not ponderous, um, but I think it's also not great. And I think the reason why it's not better than it could be is because the revelations, you know, that moment from finding them, the, themselves on this island to fully understanding what the ramifications of being on this island are, which are full of incidents, mm. yeah, uh, I think those more could have been made of all of them. I mean, even that bit where the young girl starts climbing the mountain and then she drops off and dies. Mm. I mean, you know, you could imagine that kind of being done so much better and more excitingly and more forcefully and more sadly or whatever. Yeah. You know, to, all, yeah. And I think that that's true of all of those beats, yeah, which, where the story reaches a peak and then it goes, yeah. Mm. I think all of that could have been done much, 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 much better. And I do think the film tries for depth though not very hard, there isn't much in the film. Mm. Basically, you realize that the two protagonists, you know, one, uh, the Vicky Creeps character is thinking of leaving Gael Garcia Bernal, she's having an affair with somebody, right? And so there is, you know, you are meant to think about family and, you know, love and things like that, but actually... And loss, I think, as well. I mean, every character, it does have that horror film thing of the dwindling number of characters. It does. And, and the payoff 
once a character has died, very often is that other characters mourn their loss and have to deal with it. And other things are lost as well, in a sense. So when the kids are growing up, they grow up far too quickly. And they, you know, minutes ago were six years old, and now they're 12 years old, and minutes later they'll be 20. And there's one point where the one character, I think it's the girl who's not part of the family, she's the other family's daughter, talks about how quickly they're going through their childhood, that they're not having these experiences that kids have, they're not picking up these memories that kids have, mm. which is an interesting way of mourning something that's mourning something that she's not even lost, she just never had the chance to have. Mm. Um, and the film has these moments that do that. Actually, I was really touched by the moment just before Gail Garcia Bernal and Vicky Creeps both die, where they are so old that they're forgetting things, or certainly Gail Garcia Bernal is forgetting things, um, you know, why weren't we having an argument? Well, whatever it was about, I'm not mad anymore. Mm. I'm just happy to be here with you. Why do we even want to leave this beach? It's so beautiful. Mm. Really touching. And actually, I've seen people saying, and not Shyamalan's dialogue is the worst it's ever been here. I mean, I enjoyed that very much. It really worked. And the one thing that I think he really does understand is how people tick and how people respond. And actually, despite the fact all this weird stuff's happening on this beach... I always felt like I believed what the characters were doing, how mm. they were thinking and how they were responding to things. Yes, I think you understood things. But I think, you know, none of it was very satisfying in a way. So everything was engrossing. But, so for example, the whole film then ends up being a critique of the pharmaceutical industry because what we learn is that these people are really unwilling test subjects for this pharmaceutical company that uh, claims to be doing it to save lives. But on the other hand is not giving a people a say on whether they want to be lab rats or not. Yeah. Right. So, you know, you would think that this would be a major revelation, yeah, that kind of it would be exciting, that there would be a denunciation or an apologia or more made of that. Mm. And, there, and it's, it's done almost like a, a kind of a giveaway, really, the ending. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's where I, I sort of think, like, oh, this is where the film might be trying to get self-serious and stuff. Might be trying to make you think things, maybe, maybe trying to get you to ask questions and all that. But it is still very light and actually it, the ultimate payoff is that they're not going to get away with it and I don't know about you I actually enjoyed that ending I mean sometimes an ending like that really feels like oh it's comfort they're giving it to me you know why couldn't it be more open-ended or more depressing actually despite the fact I never really felt attached to any character maybe the rapper um, you know I didn't feel that attached to any of these characters I still enjoyed the fact that after all their deaths and everything they'd been through the people who had subjected them to this weren't going to get away with it. Mm. Um, I don't know. But the thing is, before you know what's happening, before you actually understand, okay, you don't understand that the pharmaceutical company is behind, you know, that's what that's why they're there, but you understand the mechanics of this beach, that people just grow old on it yeah. very quickly, right? Things, things happen more quickly. And there's um, something beyond it. And actually, what I liked is that for a long time, I didn't know if it was something science fiction, if it was something supernatural... Yeah. Yeah, like kind of, you know, you can't quite put your finger on what genre the film is until, yeah. yeah? Um, but while you're asking those questions about how it works, because for instance, initially, when the when the kid grows old first, mm. before everybody else seems to, I was thinking, oh, it's because he's been in the water. It's something to do with the water, you know, so kind of, I felt like I had gone down that garden path a little bit. When I was asking all those questions very actively, I was really in the zone with the mm. film. And once it becomes a little more clear that this is just a very general thing, that everyone is just ageing and that's how quickly it's happening, um, 
I think the film lost momentum for me. Mm. The scene that, to me, sums up why I think the film is about effect above all things is the scene with the pregnancy. Mm. So the two kids, well, the three kids, but the two kids who develop a relationship are growing up together, and when they hit their late teens or early 20s, you cut back to them, and the girl is pregnant very heavily. Mm. Like five months, right? And... For me, I found that funny. I thought that was that. I made me laugh when when you see her pregnant stomach. Maybe for some people it will be shocking or dramatic or something. Yeah. Or what's going to happen next, right? So I'm not saying it's meant as a joke. It worked like that for me. Um, but then you go on, and all of a sudden, like, well, there's a lot of panic. Like this pregnancy is going to happen within 20 minutes. This birth is going to happen within 20 minutes. We need to figure this out. And the camera, I think the way the camera sees in that scene is great. It's this long take that walks up and down the beach and is focusing on different people in different states of panic and different states of activity until eventually you get back down the beach and you're on uh, the baby having been born and uh, lost in childbirth. Mm. And they say, oh, you know, everything must happen too quickly. A baby can't survive it. But the reason that for me that's all about effect is because the effect was great. I was feeling stuff during that scene. I was feeling tension and a bit of laughter and all that. Um... But ultimately, there is no payoff. There's no meaning to it. It's a set piece that should have these lasting effects on his characters that, for me, I didn't feel like it, it goes anywhere. You can actually cut it out of the film. You wouldn't see a difference. Hmm. you see what I mean? Uh, I see what you mean, but I don't agree with you. I mean, I think if you cut that out of the film, it would make a big difference. Um, you know, because that is a moment, and that's a moment that I think everyone will remember, you know, when kind of the, the children discover each other and before you know it they're pregnant and before you know it a child has been born and has died mm. I mean I think actually that has quite a lot of effect um, so on the audience but on the characters long term well the thing about the characters is you know that's not fully fleshed out in the film that's what I mean yeah, right okay. that's what I think you know it, if you cut it out from the film and you didn't know it wasn't there you wouldn't have known it should have been there yeah I mean, the thing is that you don't know at that moment whether the children are now children in adult bodies or whether they are also adults, yeah? And, you know, the film does not make that very clear. Uh, it does have, just before that, it does have the two in the relationship lying down in, in the tent and one says to the other, I feel my thoughts changing. I feel thoughts coming in that aren't children's thoughts. Yeah, but that's because, of, you know, they're referring to sex. But the point is, six-year-olds don't think about sex. So they're growing okay. up physically and they're growing up mentally too. Well, that was not clear to me. And as we know, you know, kind of people with, uh, you know, not very high or, you know, people who are um, disabled in some way uh, uh, mentally... You know, the sexual urges still appear, you know, but that doesn't mean that kind of, you know, their thinking has around it has developed. I mean, you know, kind of physical urges are that, just that, physical urges, mm. you know. And even at the end where there's some word, well, you know, we're now, you know, 50-year-old, yeah, instead of six, uh, uh, but we'll be okay. And I was thinking, will you really be okay? I mean, you know, you've never had a job, you've never been <laughs> to school, you haven't finished high school, like, you know... Mm. Uh, yeah, so I mean, no, no, but it's know. a film about magic. <laughs> <laughs> I do know what you mean. I do know what you mean. But it's not a film. If it were a film about magic, then you'd just put a spell and you'd understand it. But it's not a film about magic. No, it's a film that explains the way how its aging works by whatever minerals there are around this beach cause cells to age more rapidly, yeah. right? But that is basically, in scientific words, saying this is magic. Yeah, it's it's doing what it wants. And what is important then is the effect that that has mm. on the characters, you know. So I'm, I mean, I let it away with that. I felt like it was it was explained away enough. Yeah. You see what I mean? 
I uh, I didn't find that satisfying. So it's an art film for me because actually I enjoyed it very much, you know. But I enjoyed it. So when I was referring to you know that kind of European art cinema but exploitation film, to me that also has those connotations of films that are not very well realized. You know that they're <laughs> they're not great. Mm. Yeah, but that nonetheless are very compelling and they always keep you looking and. You know, either it has a cast that you're attracted to for some reason, or it's a way of filming that is really intriguing. And so I think this is one of those failures, so to speak. Yeah, that kind of, you know, it is intriguing on all of those levels. I love I loved the cast and I loved watching it. Well, I loved most of the cast. Certainly the casting of Gael Garcia Bernal and Rufus Sewell worked for me. Mm. They're stars, they bring something to it, you know. Very charismatic. Vicky Creeps, whom I didn't realize was Vicky Creeps, but I also thought she was wonderful. Mm. And I just thought, you know, had you cast name actors, yeah, even not stars, but just recognizable types, they would have brought something extra that, you know, isn't quite there at the moment mm. for me. Um, let's talk about it visually, because you mentioned that you loved the way it was shot and the way yes. it looked. And here's something that I really love, and I love it more generally about... M. Night Shyamalan's work, although there was part of this film that made me hate it, and I'll tell you why. It's his camera movement, right? I, I like the way he frames shots, as you suggested. I think he always tries to find an interesting way to frame a shot, even if it's not necessarily meaningful. He wants it to be attractive, appealing, mm. somehow a, a balanced they composition. Catch the eye. The, exactly, right? And he does that a lot, and there always seems to be, you always feel intent behind his camera mm. placement. And on top of that, I really like his camera movement. And you, and you really have seen this before with M. Night Shyamalan, a camera that will follow the action for a bit, but in a long take, while the action is continuing, will move away mm. and move back and move away and move back. And it'll just look somewhere else. It'll look at other characters. It'll go round a circle of characters, that kind of thing. And what I really like about that is it really draws attention to the voyeuristic mm. nature of the filmmaking. Um, you really feel like the camera is deciding whose attention it's going to give to and maybe it won't give anyone any attention at this point it doesn't have to if it doesn't want to right the characters are not there to the characters are not necessarily the focus the camera gets to decide and you know they're not necessarily all that important which I really like um, and I was thinking about this idea of voyeurism throughout the film when these shots were happening and then one of these shots that pans back and forth is from the perspective of the SLR camera that's up on the cliff that you've mm. seen from a distance and you've seen there's a guy there looking through it and the camera is looking for the last two characters as they've gone beneath the water trying to escape and I thought ah more voyeurism and then you see a shot of who's looking through the camera and it's M. Night Shyamalan playing the character that he plays in the film, which is this van driver. Ah. And I thought, bastard. Right? He's like, I, I thought of this first. That <laughs> it's all about voyeurism, the camera making the decision who it's going to look at. And now you've got the director literally playing the part of the cameraman. Mm. I thought, bastard. Because I was being really smart up until then. But he's well, you bloody, were. You he, noticed that I didn't. <laughs> you know. but, I th- <laughs> I, but I do think that's, I think that's something I really... Because like I say, it's not the first time we've seen that in his films. And it sometimes can feel a bit like... Um, like you were talking about people being framed off centre or with blank space behind them, that kind of thing. And I was thinking, God, that is the criticism I make of Tom Hooper all the time, you know, that it's done without intent. But here, with Anne Shaman, I always feel like there is intent to find something interesting, to find something well, beautiful. Okay, to find something interesting and to find something beautiful, yes. 
what best serves the story, not necessarily. I do agree with that. So, but I do think it's better than Tom Hooper, and I want to make sure. that make that clarification <laughs> <laughs> because on paper it's exactly the same criticism. No, no, it's yeah. not. It's but not it's a different criticism. feeling. I mean, this is because the thing is that this really catches your eye, and it is contributing to a feeling or a mood. Yeah, mm. not necessarily to making the most of the story. Yeah, so I think I want to distinguish here between narrative points and, I don't know, world building, mood building, at the atmosphere, ambience. Because I think, you know, those shot selections, those compositions work beautifully to, to do that. I think there's something about them that he's very capable of using the camera to put you in the headspace of characters when he wants to. Mm. And that could be something as simple as showing blurry shots from the point of view of the character who's losing his vision. Mm. Um, but it could be something like that shot I mentioned during the birth scene, where the camera's running up and down the beach and it's moving from characters to characters, trying to like snatch action. The camera is as panicked as everybody else at this point. Mm. You know, um, There is something I always find interesting and uh, something I really respect, actually, about M. Night Shyamalan's filmmaking, that he really wants to get the most out of his camera. Mm. You know, it's not just here's a shot reverse shot, here's a two shot. Even the shot reverse shot early on, for instance, before they go to the the private beach, when uh, the parents are having a bit of a tete a tete, and the um, the kids have picked up on this, mm. and I forget which kid it is. Maybe it's both kids. They're playing with the dolls, mm. the the robot doll and the princess doll, and then they plonk them down in the sand, and the shots are framed as these two shots where it's the real mum and the little robot dad, and then the reverse shot of that is the little uh, princess doll mum and Gal Garcia Bernal, the real dad, in the background. And it's purposeful, and it's inventive, mm. and the characters themselves are looking at these dolls like it's like they are part of the shot. They know the shot that they're in. Almost. Mm. <laughs> like they mm. see the resemblances, or they see the, they see the analogy. Mm. I really like. I think it's beautiful. Mm. And I really respect it. It's always trying to find an interesting way to show you something. Mm. All right. So um, I really liked it, and I recommend it, actually. So do I. Uh, and I think, you know, what I've read quickly on Wikipedia about the reviews, they're too harsh. Yeah, it seems to be getting mixed. Mm. Yeah. It is too harsh. Yeah. This is an uneven but really interesting film, and uh, uh, if you're into mm. this kind of thing, I think you'll enjoy it. What was surprising about today's viewing was the cinema was pretty full. The first time... Yeah. Uh, you know, since they've reopened, that we've seen this this number of people in it. I mean, it was an afternoon screening, so it wasn't like packed, packed. But there was a very a fair number of people yeah, there. There's, there's probably 30, 35 people in there. It was the full, the, the most people we've seen at any screening we've been to so far. Yes. And people were with it, you know, until the credits were over, really. So mm. I think, you know, it's a film that those people who have seen it, like us, you know, have enjoyed it, I think, a little bit more than they expected to. That's certainly for me. Although nobody laughed at the points where I laughed. I felt like an asshole. It's like getting joy out of these people's misery when other people were going, oh, what's going to happen? <laughs> that's, just, that's just you, babe. You know. <laughs> it does have jokes. <laughs> it does have jokes. So, uh, thank you very much for listening. We are eavesdropping at the movies, and we are on. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. On social media, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, at eavesdrop movies and our website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com thank you bye bye <laughs>